0: superstitious but i am a little stitious
1: barons win Parents win cody jansen stopped 92 out of 95 shots including a penalty shot in overtime somehow he still only wound up the third star of the game you like that jansen
2: has a heart you're smoking crack it's a beautiful tuesday in the capital city Cody Jansen, World Hockey Report, presented by Lord Co. Auto Parts, the official auto parts retailer of Hockey Canada and Team Canada, less than two months away from the World Juniors. You know, we're buzzing for that. And if you're heading to the rink, Lord Co., they're going to make sure you got everything you need for a smooth ride. From bright white headlight replacement bulbs for increased visibility during early morning or late night commutes to battery maintainers, that will ensure your vehicle starts when the temperature drops. Visit a Lord Co. Auto Parts location today. For knowledgeable service, quality parts, and accessories, visit lordco.com to find a store near you. It's World Hockey airport and the NHL world has still been flipped up on its head. Today on the show... We're going to hear from p Pete, 2G, Pete's Power place. He's the host there. Talk some gambling in about 20 minutes' time. Adam Ermentrout's coming up in about 45 seconds. And then we'll get to some NHL news at the end of the show as well. Maybe we'll take a call or two. But, of course, you guys know you can join the conversation anytime on 12 Ounce Sports Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. Jump in the chat. Say what's up. Give us a prediction tonight. And you always know there's a chance you can win a prize if you jump in that conversation. Free tickets, Pro Rock swag, whatever comes your way for the best fans of World Hockey Report. It's Cody Jansen with you live today from the Pro Rock Broadcast Studios in beautiful Alberta. You can follow me on Twitter at janner31 underscore and the show at World Hockey RPT. Let's snap it over to Saskatchewan now. Adam Ermentrout joins us. And Adam, it's obviously been a crazy week, but now that... Gary Bettman's had his say you could go with throughout that media availability. Don Fair's had his say. What's what's going through your mind with this investigation? Is the NHL on the right track, the wrong track, and what needs to change?
0: Uh yeah, I I mean for for Bettman and Bill Daly and and all those guys, I I think the perfect quote I saw is that they're lawyers first, right? Like, I mean all this the speak they have, they're not giving anything away. They're saying we're doing this, we're doing our due diligence, we're doing that. But I mean, at the end of the day, they they really screwed this up. I mean, I think that goes without saying. But clearly, Donald Fair, I mean, he definitely needs an investigation, which I guess he called for, um, kind of of his own job. And then for Gary Bedman, I I think like you know for for what he did to to bury this and not even acknowledge Rick Westhead, and I mean, I think that goes all the way to you know, the community relations people at the NHL, all that. But, I mean, it comes down from Batman. And for him not to acknowledge Rick Westhead and a lot of the stuff that's going on, and now there's this Pittsburgh Penguins story with Bill Guerin, too. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not really sure. Like, Alan Walsh is calling for his head. And, I mean, the the sexual assault thing is is first and foremost. But there's also just, you know, little issues in the league, like as far as marketing players, and we talk about it all the time, and just a whole bunch of stuff. But, yeah, I, I mean, I... I don't want to say he should be out, but I think that they should bring it to an owner's vote and, you know, talk about who wants to be commissioner because I'm not really sure there's exactly a person just waiting in the wings. It's not just the the easiest job in the world, but I'm sure they could find somebody if it came down to it.
2: This is like the second time we've ever actually agreed with Alan Walsh and he's not, you know, calling us out or trying to block us on Twitter. So a little bit weird to go through those conversations. Now, what did you make of that Batman? I mean, media conference, whatever you want to call it. It just felt weird not getting to Westhead and Strang until later on, just pushing things back, kind of going with the generic lawyer answers. Like you had to expect some of that was going to happen, but do you think it made it worse for Gary Bettman in the league? Or do you think it actually helped a little bit?
0: No, definitely worse. I mean, I think the biggest thing is it was scripted, right? Like they weren't saying anything. They were, protecting themselves and i mean i guess it's it's their right to do that but at the same time you know you're the commissioner of the league like they have a scripted apology to kyle beach something that happened under his watch um and then yeah i honestly think it made things worse because his i think his silence speaks louder right like him not acknowledging rick Westhead and katie Strang's kind of the <laughs> the elephant in the room and i mean for what he was saying and then there's a couple other things on the Akeem Alou stuff and then Alou's representation came out and said, no, like this isn't happening. So yeah, I, I mean, he, he had to speak. It's just, he didn't do it the right way. And (laughs) I mean, I kind of didn't make a joke of it, but that whole little, they were like sitting like at somebody's desk, just like doing this. Like you'd think they'd have more of a press conference set up, but yeah, super, you know, it wasn't, they had to show their face and I'm sure the same will happen with Kevin Chevaldale today where he's, you're gonna gonna deny and say the investigation's closed, but you know there's obviously a deeper story to this.
2: Definitely, I think that's one of the things where you know I I guess it was interesting as well. We will point out Mark Bergevin was a part of that investigation and wasn't really named, so maybe that shows the lack of involvement there. But again, Cheval de uh, An interesting point, and and Adam, I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I I think it's a little. Weird something doesn't pass the smell test when Kevin Chevaldev was the only person yeah. who named himself as a part of that meeting. Like did did the others actually not remember him? Like did he hide in the corner? Was he that quiet? Or were they trying to save face or cover up for him, be like, hey, he really shouldn't be a part of this. We're not gonna name drop him. But Chevaldev name dropped himself.
0: Yeah. Like, I mean, even if he he was or wasn't a part of the meeting, he still knew what was going on, I'm sure. And I think that goes by back to John Tortorella's statements where like it took one person to just say, look, this is wrong. Like we got to go above, above, like in, you know, in a situation like that, you almost have to go above your boss's head. Like if it's you and your work, and you know, you're, you're hearing rumblings and you know, the boss doesn't know, like the words just claimed they didn't know right at the time. Like you got to make that phone call and, you know, kind of pass judgment on, on your own career and stuff. And I mean, I, I think that's where some of the players maybe are in the wrong too. Cause obviously, you know, they're focused on their own career, same way Kyle Beach was focused on his own career by, you know, not having, you know, just kind of, I don't say sticking his nose down, but, you know, c- trying to continue his career in the NHL. And I'm sure a lot of those players kind of were doing the same thing where they're like, hey, we know we probably should say something. But, you know, I think that's prob- probably the problem with old hockey culture is, you know, not enough people, I mean, coming to the defensive of what's right and focusing too much on their careers on, instead of doing what's right.
2: Now, I got a few more on that, but also there was breaking news, too, and I saw you tweeted it out, and, yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head here. Is Las Vegas Raiders wide receiver Henry Ruggs III um, involved in charge of the DUI resulting in death last night. That's, I guess, early this morning. Uh, again, it's just, yeah, I mean, our, our thoughts and prayers, for one, go out to the victims here, but don't drive drunk. Don't be an idiot. Don't be an ass. I mean, like, that's, that's such a piece of shit move. How, that guy makes how much money? Like, get an Uber, get a taxi. It's just unacceptable at this point. So that's a devastating one to to read. It's tough to read, honestly, for, for any athlete. But going back to the, the Kyle Beach, the Blackhawk situation, what did you make of Carlos saying, hey, Berger, or Berger, Bergeron and some of the leadership group of the Bruins said, Hey, we're all going to watch this Kyle beach interview together in the room, you know, put your cell phones down, throw them in the back. We're watching this together, start to finish as a team. What did you think of that?
0: I think it was awesome. And I mean, it's, it's no surprise that that was Patrice Bergeron's doing um, to kind of get that going, but yeah, it's awesome. I mean, I'm sure everybody watched it or heard about it, but to sit down together as a team and you know, it's, it's a tough thing to watch. Like, you know, it's, it's hard not to, to skip over cause it's just so emotional and it's like getting to, right. So, you know, for them to sit down as a team, play it, watch it together, maybe probably talk about it after. And just like, you know, like it's, it's important for everybody to watch. And, you know, I think every team should do that, right. Like you're trusting guys to watch it on their own. And I'm sure a lot of guys did watch it on their own, but it's just important to watch, to, to understand the whole situation. And, I mean, I, I think what got everybody is him apologizing to the to the other kid who, yeah. who was sexually assaulted. I think that was kind of the what got a lot of people.
2: Oh, that's when tears started uh, rolling for me. Now, I don't want to judge anyone. Adam, do you think every single player in the league watched that whole video? Because I don't. I don't think every single, I think there's probably a few guys who didn't watch the whole video and that's not to be rude or anything, but I think what Boston and what their leadership is kind of saying is, Hey, we're going to force you to watch this because this is bigger than hockey. This is bigger than just you taking a step. This is something that needs to be watched and put it in your brain.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I definitely don't think every player watched it. They obviously should, but I mean, I'm sure there's people who have the view where they're like, "Oh, this is a long time ago, a different organization." But you know, obviously, everybody should watch it.
2: That's yeah. That that's a concern for me as well. Now, Duncan Keith, you spoke to the media yesterday, and I hate to you know keep going back to this because Adam, I don't remember where you exactly sat on this. You know, I obviously voiced my opinion of it before, but Duncan Keith came out yesterday and said the day that the investigators wanted to interview him or called him. Was the day after he was traded, or the morning after? And he said his phone was blowing up. He had a lot of things going through his head. He didn't think he had anything to contribute to it. He didn't know who Beach was at the time or anything. Did, does that make it a little easier for you knowing that he declined the interview, or no?
0: Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I did watch his post game yesterday, and the, you could tell there was definitely some remorse in his in his voice, in his actions. But at the same time, I I think just the whole, I mean, I, I think for him at the start, he should have got out and said, like, I didn't cooperate in the interview. I didn't have anything to add. Like it was the day after I got traded. Cause now like all of a sudden that the investigation's like, I guess over with as far as, as far as that goes, like, I I know they're still in court, but yeah, he, uh, he should have probably said that from the start where it's just like, look, I got traded. There's a lot going on. I didn't have anything to add. You know, I think that's better, but For him to come out and say it now, you're like, okay, like once again, you know, I get that you got traded from Chicago to Edmonton and by all accounts it was at his request to be closer to, to his son, who I believe lives out in BC. Um, you know, this, this whole story and him being an assistant captain and a Conn Smythe winner on those cup winning teams is a bit more important than any hockey on ice emotions. And this off ice story is like a, a real life story. So, you know, yeah, does he feel bad? I'm sure, but I think he could have gone about it differently or just been like, I, yeah, obviously he should have done it.
2: 100%. No, I, I fully agree with you. And uh, Bill Garrett, now, I guess I keep this one short and sweet as we don't have all the details. Of course, there's another investigation being opened. Is it the right thing for him to step aside? I know he's kind of been put in that role now that Stan's gone for the USA Olympic team and stuff like that. Do you think you know he, he should step aside and say, hey, while I'm under investigation right now, I don't think it's right for me to, to take a hold of these duties or should he stick to his guns and, you know, say innocent until proven guilty, I guess.
0: Yeah. I, am not really sure. Um, you know, I guess whatever he feels is right. He's going to do. Um, you know, it's, it's tough to say, cause you're, you you do not want to, like you say, innocent until proven guilty. And, there's an old assistant coach coming out of him and, you know, maybe, maybe he did, maybe he didn't, you know, we don't know. There's, there's a lot of interviews and stuff to happen. And obviously the, the Blackhawk stuff don't kind of magnifies all, all these things where it's like, geez, what's going to happen. So yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not really sure how to answer that. You know, there's people coming at him and, you know, depends on, I guess if he did it or not. Well, which, do you think he should step
2: down or not? It's a yes or no here. Do you think he should step down?
0: No, I don't think so. Okay. Like, and that that's not me saying, like, oh, like, he's innocent or he shouldn't. But, like, I'm sure people get sued all the time in the NHL and, you know, step down. There could be these cases. I'm not saying either way, but not yet. But if it gets to, like, these proceedings, then maybe. Interesting. All right, anyone what can join think? the conversation. Yeah. What? Do you think? Yeah,
2: I do. I do. I, th- I think it's probably it's not like, oh, we need to leave of absence here or anything. But I think, you know, from from his perspective, this is just a full on distraction. Like the Olympics are three months away. Like, I mean, we're cutting it close here for a distraction of a manager where it's like, hey, let's go with someone who's not under fire and who isn't going to have to. appear oh, in court. I thought you
0: meant. Oh, sorry. I thought you meant as Minnesota's manager. Oh, said, no,
2: no, no. My bad. My bad. I meant USA hockey. Sorry if oh, I didn't explain U- that USA, then.
0: USA, then, yeah, that's a bit of a distraction, like just for a two-week tournament. Yeah,
2: Yeah, okay, okay, yeah. Maybe maybe a bad question there. All right, let's move on. We got uh, some Alberta hockey talk here. Oilers win Leon all four four points in the win. That's why you have him. That's why he's a $12, $13 million player, because in a night where everyone else is quiet, this guy puts up four points. They beat the Kraken 5-2. Koskinen looked fine. Yamamoto gets on the board. Duncan Keith gets his first of the, the season. What did you think of the Oilers last night?
0: Uh honestly it wasn't great. Like they had like they're getting a shot like twenty to eight at some point and they had four shots in the first period. But Tippett said, you know, dry settles line, koskinen and Keith and Cece. And other than that, I mean there's fifteen guys missing from that from that kind of comment by him. But look, opportunistic. Uh, I think it just goes to show that they have the firepower and Seattle doesn't. I mean, Seattle was probably the better team, and Edmonton took a couple penalties away from their net. But the way there's power play is clearly ridiculous. And, you know, Drysaddle has four points. McDavid and Drysettle kind of con- control the play on the Keith goal. So, yeah, opportunistic. And I mean, good teams with good players find a way to win, like they said.
2: Did you see that stat that that's the 15th four point game Leon Drysettle's had? That's insane. Yeah. Like, I don't know. was Johnny Goudreau had one or two maybe in his career? Like th- this puts him on a points, different but... planet. Like this is like top three in the league to have 15. I can't imagine Austin Matthews has five. I don't know. Like that's crazy. 15.
0: Well, I think the the thing with dry is you like, he's one of the best pastors in the league, but he's also one of the best goal scorers in the league. And I don't think you can, you can say that maybe about a handful of guys like, like, cause you could argue he's got the best one timer, like, you know, maybe in a division or conference or something like that. Like, but he's also the best passer. So for him, he can chip in scoring, pass it. Like, it's crazy. Like, and I think that's part of the reason for it. He has the best one-timer in the West. I'm fully convinced of
2: that. Just how he shoots the puck. Like, he's got that paddle. It's it's absolutely incredible. Okay, I got two more quick ones for you here. The Calgary Flames. Do you actually believe they're the Islanders of the West or what? Because that seems like a high compliment for a team that's only played, what, eight games this year?
0: Uh, I, I think they're on the path to being that like Markstrom and that he's been, he's been awesome. But I watched that whole Philly game Saturday and they're not allowing anything. You know, they're the Tanev, Gedbranson kind of Zidorovs of the world, or they just box guys out and do their thing. And, you know, they got Monaghan on their so-called fourth line. They got Coleman and Backlund on another Lindholm and Kachuk on another. And then Manji with like Brett Ritchie, they just, they can roll four lines and all four of those lines can play. And, you know, they're not relying on one line, you know, and their power play's good. And, I mean, clearly Sutter's doing a good job coaching them. Like, I think the proof's kind of in the pudding that Daryl knows what he's doing there. And, yeah, I mean, you know, they pro- haven't been to a conference final yet, but the style of play in the 2-1 games and 3-1 games, which is what we expected, we're actually seeing. And, I mean, and also for all those people saying that Blake Coleman's underrated, I'm, I'm pretty sure everybody knows who he is. You know, the, the guy just won two, st- he was traded for, nolan foot and a first round pick so two first round picks goes to tampa wins two cups and then he gets like four and a half million a year from calgary like i, I think people know who he is
2: also with valamaki being scratched again tonight they're just killing his value like i don't even know if you can include him in a trade for jack eichel right now i, I just don't see that quick note from uh, nick alberga here uh, mcdavid and dry they're on pace for 174 points apiece this season that's not bad, I guess. Uh, last one for you, Adam. Adam Fox, he got a new deal, seven by nine point five. It seems like a pretty fair, pretty standard deal, if you ask me. Do you hate it? Do you love it? Did anything stand out to you?
0: Yeah, that's the going rate. Um, kind of crazy though. Like he just like he was pretty good in his first year with the Rangers, and then wins the Norris. And I mean, obviously cash is in. He, they paid him while His value was super high after the Norris. And I mean, you could see like with Seth Jones, he's. <laughs> People think he's gonna win the Norris, and then he struggles for two years, and it's like, what's this guy doing? But you no, know, kind of the going rate, and and clearly what he wanted, given that he complained his way out of two organizations to get to the Rangers. But you know, <laughs> you'll never let for, that one die. No, for for him, I'm, I'm gonna be seeing him Friday, Saturday, so I'll let you know. But you know, he's clearly makes a good first pass. Um, I do wonder about. You know, like, would you rather nurse at 9.25 or him at 9.5? Like, nurse. Depends if you're, yeah, shot It's not even a question.
2: For... Everyone knows it. 32 GMs know it, Adam.
0: Yeah, no, and, and that's what I'm saying. I mean, you're paying him for his points and stuff like that. And yeah, he's, I'm not sure how his defense is. I'm not sure he's, you know, a 30 minute a night guy, but nope. 24 a night on the power play. Yeah, I guess that's worth 9.5, but nurse is 29 a night penalty kill second line power play so it's it's tough to compare but i mean points get paid and a right shot d-man those don't exactly grow on trees but i mean now the rangers got like what 18 million and two guys on the right right shot of their defense so we'll see i'll still take mcavoy over them. adam are we getting a in-person show here
2: on on thursday do we break any news or no
0: oh i i'm not sure if it'll be in person on tbd if, if you come to my hotel it will be tbd oh pay for gas you cheapo. <laughs> okay
2: okay well uh no that's that's good that's all I got for you all righty Adam Irwin right there World Hockey Report's finest coming to you live from Saskatoon he's gonna be around this week we'll get some World Hockey Report content out for you Pete's power Place. the host Philly Pete is up next 2 come right here it's World Hockey Report presented by Lord Kawato Parts
3: World Hockey Report is partnering with Sports Travel Tours to bring you some incredible trips to watch hockey around the world. Sports Travel Tours has been creating hockey trips and tours since 1998. They've sent customers to the Winter Olympics, World Championships, every team in the NHL, as well as the KHL in Russia. And now, for the first time, they've been appointed official tour supplier to the Spangler Cup in Switzerland. As you all know, the Spangler Cup is the world's oldest invitational hockey tournament set in the stunning mountains of Davos. It's also the best way to spend the time in between Christmas and New Year's. So cheer on Team Canada in Davos this year with Sports Travel Tours exclusive packages. For information and to book, go to sportstraveltours.com. That's sportstraveltours.com and sign up to get exclusive discounts and trip priority.
2: NFL fans hungry for a big win this week. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code THPN. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 years or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager, one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problems. Call one eight hundred gambler. What we do here is go back, 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 back. Let's head out to the East Coast, why don't we? It's World Hockey Report presented by Lord Co. Auto Parts. Visit Lord Co.'s in-store truck centers at select locations. Cody Jansen with you live today from the Pro Rock Broadcast Studios in beautiful Alberta. Follow me on Twitter at Janner31 underscore in the show at World Hockey RPT. We welcome back friend of the show, Pete Tucci, host of Pete's Power Plays on 12-ounce sports. You can catch that live Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, same days as World Hockey Report at noon Eastern Standard Time, 10 o'clock if you're in Alberta. Only on 12 ounce sports. Join the conversation if you got any betting questions for Pete, get them in right now. 12 ounce sports, Facebook, YouTube, where you can get the comments in. Let's snap it over to Pete now. Hey, I I know it's been an up and down year. Obviously, I don't think I've won a single over under bet yet this season, but. Matt, I mean, what what trends are you seeing right now? It seems like it's been a pretty tough start for everyone, at least the transparent ones. We all know who's who's out there not being transparent, and we don't need to shine any light on them. But, I mean, are, are there any trends that are starting to become a little bit more consistent that you're seeing?
1: Well, first of all, Cody, thank you so much for having me on board for uh, the segment today on World Hockey Report. Always a pleasure. Um, yeah, I mean, the unders have been, it's been an under galore and as of late absolutely and you know me like i'm always an overs guy it's not over till it's over so um and first period overs man that's usually my thing and you know not so much as of late i mean i think over the weekend i, I might have hit a couple but unders have been trending enormously as of late i mean you look at last i mean you look at you look at yesterday i mean a lot of people had the caps you know caps over five and a half caps vault i mean a lot of people were on the over it went under uh probably should have went over uh you know blackhawks you know, put up a five spot and, you know, Senators couldn't even get another goal to, to get that over. That was a push. And I mean, uh, the Oilers on the other hand, man, I mean, this is a team that I feel like, you know, has been cashing out uh, a lot, you know, in terms of um, when it comes to like to an over as of late. Um, but honestly, I mean, the unders have been trending enormously as of late. I mean, it's. It, I just have a feeling that we're getting into the third week of the NHL season now. And uh, do we, do we eventually get that vibe of an over? Um, we'll see. I mean, could the crowd be, now that the crowds are involved now this season, I mean, fans are back, obviously, and it's kind of a big deal for teams. I mean, could you put that into question? Uh, but as of now, I mean, I just feel like, you know, unders are, I hate to say, are, are the way to go for now, especially first period unders too.
2: That's fair, and, and I do think that there's a little bit of a, a difference factor almost, if I can put it like that, for guys who are used to playing in front of empty barns last season or got used to it, especially in the Canadian division, right? The Americans had it a little bit different. But for Canada, there's still an adjustment period that is happening. Now, I, I want to ask betting trends. Obviously, puck line's been very profitable, and two of the teams are Tampa Bay and Edmonton. Obviously, Tampa Bay, they're not having the best start to their season, but the Oilers... <laughs> They're four or five out of eight here. And I think if you hammer the puck line every single night so far this season, you would have been up 2.6, 2.8 units. So is that one of the trends that you're following?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I mean between that, that uh, well, first off, I mean, Edmonton's offense is absolutely lethal. I mean, you look at their past couple games here, besides, of course, my beloved Flyers that took care of business against them. But, I mean, you got, you got to notice it right now. I mean, uh, they opened up against, um, well, they opened up, vancouver you know back to back they they lost you know they they won both games by a goal but then they start to you know flames that took care of business they they cover the puck line there uh anaheim i mean a lot of you can just tell i mean they they got over then they got over edmonton i mean they played out of the coyotes they destroyed the coyotes five to one that's a puck line cover uh vegas on the 22nd that was a 5-3 victory another puck line cover um i mean you know that and then another vancouver game where you know you're going back and forth and that was just a another another win but a two-1 victory for Edmonton then last night against uh, Seattle five2 victory I mean these these puck lines and you know let alone first period covers right now for Edmonton have been straight up money um last night I was on Edmonton regulation and um which was uh, you know an obvious winner and then uh you know uh first period minus a half a goal uh, that was at plus 125. I mean, you got to light. I mean, you got to take that number. That's, that's great value there for, for a team this explosive. I mean, this is a team right now that's been playing, obviously, extremely well hockey. Um, they look phenomenal. Uh, you know, obviously, Mike Smith being down a little bit of a cost in the net, but, you know, defense is somewhat coming through, I mean, you know, for, for the most part, but this offense is just so good not to take them, especially when it comes to the overs. And last night, granted, it was over six and a half. I mean, I was on it. I wasn't on it. I I feel like that's a lot of goals, but you know, they posted up a five spot and, you know, you would hope that Kraken could have done a little bit. And they did. They did enough to get the over. But this this Oilers team man, definitely keep riding them out first period money line, especially at plus odd uh, for that half a goal. And, um, you know, keep keep riding them on that puck lines, too, because they're, they're cashing out, man. They're, they're doing extremely well with that.
2: One of the weird things I've noticed, and maybe it's just the books that I use. Pete, tell me if I'm wrong here but they're, they're kind of fading away from the over five and a half. So a lot of these overs are now six and a half, a lot sitting around six. You're not really getting those five and a half lines. Is that because it's early in the year or am I just using the wrong books? Like obviously you can buy down a little bit, like buy half a point or whatever down, but the, the flat rate line isn't at five and a half. Is that just a trend in the NHL since goal scoring is becoming more prevalent?
1: You know, and it's funny you say that because I, I I had that, I had like a little thing going on last week. You know, I had a conversation with a buddy of mine saying the same thing. Like, you know, you're looking at, you know, 2019, 2020 had like goals at the wazoo, you know, it was, you know, like specifically the Blackhawks, for instance, a team that was going over in 2019, like over, over, keep betting the overs, keep in the first period, team totals. I mean, they were cashing out big time. And, and now, I mean, not, not so much. I think goals are like, honestly, like I said earlier, you know, goals are tough to come by. Um, and like I said, you know, third week into the season, I mean, teams are somewhat still trying to feel each other out for the moment. Um, but you know, you're seeing these six and a half being laid, you know, like last night with, with, uh, Edmonton, I feel like these high power offenses, uh, that you see, you know, like, a, you know, consider like a Tampa or a Washington, uh, you know, uh, Edmonton, uh, teams to that caliber. And I mean, even Pittsburgh, I mean, even Pittsburgh, some of those lines, even without a Malkin, without a Crosby, you know, they're still posting up lines of six. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's, it's still, kind of, it's, it's just tough to see, but you know what, you just got to keep riding the wave. Um, but I think once, once time gets in, once we get more into the season, I think, I think, I think Vegas will know what they're talking about. I think they're going to get these lines straight, but I mean, um, yeah, it's just been like back and forth. I mean, compared to past years where like I said, you know, I feel like 2018, 2019, you're seeing Edmonton five and a half goals. Like a lot of every game that I was noticing was at five and a half and a potential six Never seen a six and a half or seven, you know, since maybe last year or you know, towards the end of twenty nineteen. But it's, it's becoming a trend now. There's six and a half, even even sevens now, it's a little absurd for me.
2: Pete, is it and Adam does this as well, is it common to just, you know, fade one team consistently anytime the Yotes are playing? Uh, I'm betting against them. Whatever team's against them, I'm going puck line for them. Like even tonight against Philly, I'm taking the Flyers minus one and a half. Like, is that is that a common thing in the betting world? Or is that just something from a hockey guy perspective where I'm not in the, the business full time, but I'm just thinking like, hey, if there's a team that's going to lose by two or more goals this season, it's the Arizona Coyotes.
1: Yeah, I mean, definitely I am going to piggyback on that. I mean, you could, a team that's terrible, I mean, you know, and you could, you could, I mean, teams are due for a win, obviously. You know, like last night we saw Chicago finally pulling it out last night in, you know, in basically dominating, you know, performance, and they were overly due. But I mean, I, I'm not going to trust the Senators to cover a puck line against Chicago. Uh, tonight, on the other hand, where you see a line of minus 225 for the Flyers, um, you know, it, it's better off just setting the puck line tonight. You know, you know, minus one and a half, you're probably getting about plus, anywhere between plus 110 to plus 120. It just depends where you shop. That's usually what I do, too. You know, even personal bets. You know, if I'm seeing, you know, like I guess Arizona play, like the Bolts or Arizona play, you know, Edmonton or whatever, I'm taking that buck line. You don't want to be laying, you know, 300 bucks just to win a $100 bet, you know, just for the money line. That's that's just ridiculous. Uh, but uh, – or if you could play it safe and, you know, make a little money line parlay. Like tonight, I you know, on the show today, I, I had – I, I like the Leafs and the Flyers and a money line parlay, and that, that pays out plus 125 So, I mean – you know these are teams I should win, um, but you know it, when everything comes down to it, I mean a team like like the Coyotes,
2: I would definitely consider
1: you know laying that puck on the Flyers, especially at plus value there. You, you can't you can't really ignore that.
2: Philly, I got one last one for you, and that's your Flyers talking right now with Pete Tucci from Pete's Power Plays, the host of World Hockey Report presented by Lord Co Auto Parts. The Flyers are looking. Pretty dangerous this season. Atkinson's been great. Carter Hart after that start against Vancouver seems like he's, you know, kind of fine in a rhythm. And it's not like I thought Carter Hart wouldn't get back to that stage. But again, it was a prove me season. We want to see him be this dominant goaltender that we know he has the potential to be. Are you liking this Flyers team so far? Not not even from a betting perspective, but just a hockey perspective. Is, Is this the team that you were hoping that they had put together?
1: Well, listen, so far, so good, man. The boys are buzzing. They had a great uh, Western uh, Western trip there in Canada. Um, you know, they, they had everything that I wanted. I mean, that was exactly what I wanted. Obviously, now um, coming home against the Arizona team, they're playing extremely well. You know, Cam Atkinson, uh, well, off the bat, having a phenomenal performance so far. I loved that trade. I loved when he came over here um, for Voracek. I mean, that was a great deal. I thought it was an absolute steal for us. And people could have said, hey, no, Kamak is a little inconsistent last year. Well, you know, he's with a better team, I think. And you know, the people around us, Couturier, Giroux, you know, just to name a couple, to make him that good. And so far, it's looking pretty damn good, if you're telling me. I mean, six goals, one assist, seven, you know, seven, you know, in seven games, he's doing he's doing pretty darn good for this Flyer squad. And you know, Hart's doing pretty good. I mean, granted, you know, he you know, four nothing to the Flames, but you know, they've been playing extremely extremely well. Pan, uh, you know, Panthers, of course, like one of the best teams in the NHL, if not the best. You know, losing 4-2 to that team, but I mean, Bruins, a great performance against Bruins. You know, in the 6-3 win there. I mean, that's that's, that's the car of heart that we want to see. Um, yeah, and that's what and that's what happens when you get a better defense as well. You know, you load up with Ryan Ellis. I mean, just to just to name the top of the cap right there. I mean, just to help out uh, that mindset and you know, this, this defense. Is, I feel like they're getting their chemistry finally. Uh, They're getting their chemistry back. You know, defense last year was terrible, obviously. You got rid of the Vecasus Bear, you know, just terrible. That's not what you want to see with Carter Hart. So, now you have a good defense. You're getting chemistry. You're gaining that confidence. Looking like the Carter Hart we want to see from a few years back. And, um, you know, this is just a game tonight where, you know, you you have a tire. Basically, you know, this is going to be a laggy team. Okay, laggy team. The Flyers coming in town, finally home for one night uh, before they go off to play Pittsburgh. And, and in uh, Washington, so I mean this is gonna be a tough metro uh, swing. So they're home for tonight. Don't blow it. Uh, you know a lot of teams like this, they always often overlook these these non not very good teams but the Coyotes who's destined for a win at some point. So um, this is a game tonight where you know you, you can't you got you got to just focus on this game tonight. Uh, take it you know take care of business against Coyotes. Get a nice win at home with your crowd. You know, it's gonna be loaded tonight, of course. And then then you go off on that little Metro swing where you put a penguins and then you play Washington, uh, you know, get, get, you, get a nice little coffin boost before you head out there. Cause it's going to be a very tough, tough next couple of trips, uh, away.
2: So, so Pete, I, I got one more and I read it earlier. I don't know if you heard it on the show, but McDavid and Dreisaitl, they're on pace for 174 points each this season. Where do you think they end up for our listeners up in Edmonton? Like at, at the end of the season, Do you think they both cracked 150 or what?
1: I mean, I would hope so. I mean, for, for, for your sake up there, I think I'd be, be phenomenal. Uh, this is the best one-two combo of NHL that I could ever think of in, in a very long time. I mean, you could consider, of course, you know, Tays and Kane back in the day. I mean, that 2010-2011 run they had uh, when they won the Cup, of course. But I feel like, you know, this Drysdale McDavid one-two punch is lethal. Like, it, it they absolutely have – they definitely have the ability to do it, man. They've been consistent. And it's just a matter of time, man. They got to get over that hump, and this could be the absolute year. I mean, granted, you know, you brought in Zach Hyman from Toronto to absolutely boost that defense tremendously. That was a great acquisition there from Toronto, um, you know, just to help out Mike Smith, to help out Costin in a little bit. But I think, you know, these two guys, Mick David, man, I think he's, he's on a man on a mission right now. I think he is. he's a man on a mission. He wants to get it done, you know, and enough of the disappointments in Edmonton, which I'm sure you're, you're well aware of, I'm sure, but – I think it's time, and I think we gotta give credit where credit's due. I think they'll get there.
2: I agree with that. I agree. I'd love to see a Flames-Oilers playoff series, but again, end of the day, my uh, my Stanley Cup pick is Oilers over the Islanders in seven, so I have to stick with that, and maybe they do need another goaltender, but also maybe Mike Smith gets healthy and gets hot. So, hey, Pete, thank you so much, man. I appreciate you hopping on. I appreciate all your insight. You are the king of the ice, and you're damn right you're going to get back up. Rolling through the units. Everyone, go follow you on Twitter. It's at TheRealPeteTooch, correct? That's correct. Let's go. I love it. I love it, Pete. Thank you, man. Have a good one. And everyone, be sure to tune into your show tomorrow at noon Eastern Standard Time. Cody, thank you so
1: much for having me on board, man. I look forward to the next
2: time. Pete Pete Tucci right there from Pete's Power Plays. Hopping on World Hockey Report. And we are presented by Lord Co. Auto Parts. We got a bunch more to get to on the show. NHL news. Maybe we'll connect with, with, uh, you know, a couple of you guys. I don't know. We'll open the lines if we uh, get there. But Tara Sloan had a very good uh, statement speech on home gro- or hometown hockey for Sportsnet. I do want to get to that as well. Leon Dreisaitl spoke after the win last night. Don't don't forget. I mean, we got to talk Oilers and Kraken here. we still got to get to that huge night for Dreisaitl. Koskinen bounces back in the win column. And again, they just win in different ways. That's what Drysaddle talked about after. And I got more thoughts. Paquette's hit. Get slapped, breaking the points. You know where it's all coming to you. It's World Hockey Report. We're presented by Lord Co. Auto Parts. And I'll talk to you in about 60, uh, probably 90 seconds.
3: World Hockey Report is partnering with Sports Travel Tours to bring you some incredible trips to watch hockey around the world. Sports Travel Tours has been creating hockey trips and tours since 1998. They've sent customers to the Winter Olympics, World Championships, every team in the NHL, as well as the KHL in Russia. And now, for the first time, they've been appointed official tour supplier to the Spangler Cup in Switzerland. As you all know, the Spangler Cup is the world's oldest invitational hockey tournament set in the stunning mountains of Davos. It's also the best way to spend the time in between. Between Christmas and New Year's. So, cheer on Team Canada in Davos this year with Sports Travel Tours exclusive packages. For information and to book, go to sportstraveltours.com. That's sportstraveltours.com and sign up to get exclusive discounts and trip priorities.
2: Here, just go back, 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 back. <laughs> Already last segment of the show. We'll talk here Port Cody James and with you, we are presented by Lord Co. Auto Find a store near you at lordco.com. Less than two months away from the World Juniors. And you know, Hockey Canada, Team Canada, they're ramping up with their official partner, lord co auto parts and everyone knows as well starting boxing day my favorite hockey tournament of the year gets underway the spangler cup and the great people at sports travel tours want you to experience it as well join them and check out all the available packages at sports last night oilers went 5-2 over the seattle kraken as well on twitter World Hockey RPTI asked, who's your top three teams in the league? We'll get to some of your responses later on in the show. If you want uh, to join the conversation, go to 12 Ounce Sports Facebook or YouTube and uh, hop in the chat right now. Let me know. I don't care. If you've got a question, ask it. Fire away NHL news, the Oilers. Two in the third last night. They went 5-2 over Seattle. Dreisaitl with a four-point night. The power play, they're clicking at 50%. Duncan Keith has his first as an Oiler. Yamamoto finally gets on the board. In general... I agree with what Adams said, and it wasn't a pretty night. And Dave Tippett really reiterated that, too, of, hey, that wasn't our best performance. We only had 23 shots on goal. Luckily, they had Joey Decord in net, who isn't an NHL-quality goaltender, and the Oilers put five behind him. They weren't good enough. They, they got outshot by the Seattle Kraken, who have very minimal offense. Miko Koskinen was good, but you shouldn't need him to be good against that Seattle Kraken team. That's, that's a little concerning if there is one thing to be concerned about if you're the Oilers. But Leon Draisaitl spoke to the media after the game, and he talked about the different ways this team's able to win.
0: Uh, I think it, it speaks, uh, I guess, the depth of our group uh, that we can win in, in different ways. We can win on the power play. We can win special teams in general. Our goalie can steal one. Um, defensemen are chipping in. Uh, our third line has won us games, so um, there's all types of different different ways that we can we can win a game, and um, you know that's a pretty uh, yeah I, I guess that's a pretty um, pretty great asset to have in a team.
2: Also, last night, brighton Point had the game winner. Tampa beats Washington three two, and Patrick Kane has a four point night as the Blackhawks get their first win of the season over Ottawa five one. From an Oilers perspective, pretty quiet. McDavid only one point. Really, no one else had two points other than Leon Draisaitl last night. They're going to get ready to face Nashville on Wednesday. Quick little stumble there. Elsewhere in the NHL tonight, you got Calgary taking on the Predators. So it will be a back-to-back for the Predators tomorrow night. Probably hammer the Oilers puck line again there. Tonight, you got Toronto in against Vegas. They're at home for that one. Heavy favorites. Montreal at home against the Red Wings. Carey Price could be back as soon as Friday, I believe. Let's see, uh, I guess, if that's going to inject some life into this Montreal Canadian team. First and foremost, you hope that he's healthy. You hope he's coming back in a good mindset. You hope he's able to get back into a rhythm because he's one of the best goaltenders in the world when healthy. And, and number one, I mean, health. There's there's life after hockey, and you got to be prepared for that. The Flyers there at home, as we talked about with Pete Tucci, to talk uh, about the Arizona Coyotes, probably fade them. Probably take Philly on the puck line here. Minnesota hosts the Senators. I don't see that going too well for Ottawa. Winnipeg's at home without Connor Hallibuck. Congrats to him. Uh, Him and his wife welcomed uh, a baby... Boy, into their family. His wife, Andrea, shout out to them. So Hellbuck won't be in the lineup tonight. The Canucks are at home against the Rangers. Adam Fox just got paid. The Ducks with their uh, new leading goal sc- scorer in franchise history, Ryan he, uh Him and the Ducks are going to pay- take on the New Jersey Devils. That one gets underway at 8 o'clock. And then the late one, San Jose Sharks against the Buffalo Sabres. Both those teams have five wins on the season. Isn't that insane to think about how good of a start they've had? Does not make sense. Other NHL news that we did want to get to today, of course. Three stars of the month. We're in a new month. It's November. Happy November, everyone. Third star of the month, Freddie Anderson. 7-0 and between the pipes for Carolina. Had a 1-2-9 goals against average and a 9-5-6 save percentage with one shutout. That's just insane numbers. I mean, Freddie Anderson came to play. He came to shove it to the Toronto Maple Leafs, and he's done exactly that. Like, no Dougie Hamilton, no problem. We got Freddie behind us. Connor McDavid, second star of the month. Seven goals, 9 of 6, 16 points in seven games for him. And the great eight, Ovi. Big month for him. Nine goals, six assists, 15 points, eight games. For Alex Ovechkin, your first star of the month. Also, rookie defenseman or rookie of the month, part of me, is defenseman Marit Sider from Detroit. This kid's going to be an absolute stud. We touched on the Bergevin news. It was confirmed to Rick Hest- Westhead that uh, Bergevin was interviewed by the law firm Jenner & Block in connection with the Blackhawks abuse investigation. And, I, I mean, they didn't feel the need to name him in it. So, I think that does say enough in regards to maybe his involvement in the situation. But this does not clean Mark Bergerman's slate here. The whole Logan Mayu situation or Mayu draft. There's, there's still issues there that need to be addressed. Also, uh, on the NHLPA's executive board called yesterday, Don Fair recommended that, the, that an independent investigation be commenced by outside legal counsel in order to review the NHLPA's response to the Kyle Beach matter. The executive board is currently voting on this matter. What needs to be voted on? Why, why do we need an outside investigation here? I think there's been enough information in my mind that the PA, the players, each team should probably get one vote and say, hey, do you want him to stay or do you want him gone? We don't need 17 more investigations here. We need answers. We need action. And by this point in time, if Don Fair has been called out by Kyle Beach to say, hey, he knew I talked with him, get him out of there. That's my opinion. Maybe I'm wrong. Again, you can join the conversation. You can let me know if you think I'm way out to lunch here. But I think Don Fair has probably seen his last at that head. Again, my guess. And, and, and interesting conversations here as we do. Actually, you know before we switch topics, oh, we, we haven't uh, gotten yet top three teams in the NHL. There's a lot of comments to get to. What's What are we going to prioritize here? Well... I guess we'll stick with Tara Sloan because this is important. And I did think this was a really good message. It's it's a couple of minutes. Bear with it. Listen to her. She speaks up and she did the right thing for the hockey community. She was open. She was honest. And this is on the NHL's partner who's, you know, paying them a billion dollars. It's, you know, wild with Sportsnet and that partnership with the NHL. And so for Tara Sloan to speak up and use her platform to amplify the voices of those who don't have one. It was huge. Have a listen.
4: Um, It's been a really tough week to be uh, a hockey fan. And, you know, uh, that's why I got into this business. And I know I'm speaking to a lot of like-minded people out there who've had a really hard time kind of coming to grips with this and, and reckoning their fandom with what seems to be happening in the National Hockey League. I'm conflicted. And today specifically during Gary Bettman's availability, he talked about the progress that's been made over the last 10 years. And I'm very much editorializing here. This is me, Tara, speaking, just making that very clear. But I'd like to say that over the last 18 months, as a fan, I have been disappointed. I have seen a league that has followed, not led, when it comes to uh, Black Lives Matter and racial justice and leading the way in that way. They are not there falling behind. I have seen a, a league that has followed and not led when it comes to staffing with women and people of color in places that matter. Um, I've seen a team this very calendar year uh, draft a player in the first round who was found to have distributed images, sexual images, without consent. And then this last week, we see the most heart-wrenching interview from Kyle Beach, the most heart- wrenching admission that I think we'll ever see in this game. Uh, And what I am seeing is all of the players, from the players to anybody who has a voice in this matter and who could say, I'm just so sorry, I see the culture of silence being upheld and it is devastating. And the reason that I feel so passionate about this and so many of you do out there is because This matters to us as humans, and we love this game, and we just want it to be better. And it it isn't, and anybody who thinks that this culture is not deeply broken is wrong.
2: The culture of silence. That was the words that spoke out to me in this one. The culture of silence. When everyone talks about hockey culture, it's always integrity, bravery, you know, sacrifice, efforts, family. Those are words that get thrown out. The culture of silence. Does that happen too much in the hockey world? It's an interesting point to make. It's a bold point to make. And I think it is something that needs to be addressed. There's a lot of silence. There's a lot of black and white. There's a lot of, and it's not just, oh, they're wearing suits to the game because they don't want to express themselves. They don't want to speak up against that like NBA players might, like NFL players might. There's a bigger issue. There's a culture of silence, harassment, bullying, in the dressing rooms, outside, sexual assault. It happens in the game. And if people aren't going to speak up, nothing's going to change. So uh, you, you got to give credit where it's due. And Patrick Kane spoke after the game yesterday, and he didn't want to talk about his four-point performance. He wants to talk about, hey, I handled that comment terribly wrong when I you know, mentioned what Stan Bowman did for me. You know, that's, that's totally what this was not about. And it was nice to see him own up to that. It was nice to see Duncan Keith own up to, you know, here's what happened with the investigation. Here's why I thought I shouldn't speak to it. Here's my reasoning. Sorry, I should have come out and said it first. That's That's accountability. That's changing the hockey culture. Changing the hockey culture, the culture of silence, is Patrice Bergeron saying okay team put your phones away right now 25 minutes half an hour we're setting it aside we are watching the Kyle Beach Rick Westhead interview as a team you're going to learn from this it's going to hit you in the gut you're going to cry it's going to you know it's going to get all the feels but you have to learn from this because the culture of silence is not going to help anyone and it makes everything worse so I think that shift needs to happen, as Tara Sloan said. Again, huge credit to her for speaking out. This this isn't a platform of Sportsnet that's been vocal in the past. There's been a lot of silence from Sportsnet, who probably knew a lot of stuff and they couldn't see it because they're the NHL's partners. Again, I I, I can't put myself in those shoes. I can't. You know, I'm not going to sit up here from a high chair, tell people that they're right, they're wrong in this situation. Say that I'm perfect. I'm not. But again, the culture of silence goes through media, goes through dressing rooms, goes through management, and it's time it changes. So it is nice to see people like Tara Sloan speaking out. And we asked on Twitter, and this was also Frank Cervalli. He spoke up from the Professional Hockey Writers Association, and we did talk about it with Adam a little bit. But I'll I'll get into this a little bit more in depth because this was his statement. And, well, I guess I'll summarize it. I'm not going to read the whole thing. It's five paragraphs for you. But the Professional Hockey Writers Association, they're concerned, they're disappointed with the NHL, and their attempt to freeze out journalist Rick Westhand for uh, yesterday's press conference with Gary Bettman and Bill Daly. It took until another reporter pointed out that West had still not been called upon after media members were permitted to ask second follow-up questions that the NHL was shamed into allowing Westhead to ask his first question. Other reporters had to shame the NHL, had to shame Gary Bettman, had to shame Bill Daly into letting the best investigator... Along with Katie Strang. We don't want to forget about her. What are the best investigators in the NHL to ask their question? That's the damn issue here. That's pathetic. So it's nice to see the Professional Hockey Writers Association speak up because if they can't do their job, if they don't have freedom of journalism here, what are we doing? This isn't North Korea. That's bullshit from the NHL's perspective, to not get to Rick Westhead until 47 minutes into the press conference of news that he's been breaking. He's been working on for a year plus. He's been the biggest vocal factor for Kyle Beach for, you know, survivors of sexual assault. That's Gary Bettman failing the league. That's Bill Daly helping his friend, Gary Bettman being a part of the culture of silence. That's an issue. And so I ask, what should Gary Bettman, you know, what should the NHL do with Gary Bettman? Can he regain your trust at all? I want to know what you think. So let's head off to the quack stats line here. Tanner chimes in. Tanner says it's time for him to resign. He's almost 70 years old, and we're over for a I think it's overdue for a new commissioner, anyways. Age doesn't play that big of a factor into it for me, but I do think he's gotta go. We need fresh ideas. We need fresh voices in there. We need some diversity. We need some new culture that'll help shape the game in the way we want it to be played. And maybe that is reaching out to Patrice Bergeron once he's done, a Sidney Crosby once he's done. I don't know if you can pay those guys enough to take that role, but maybe there is someone who we think could appropriately handle the position in a better way. Darren chimes in and said, "Bettman never had our trust. Now he has our disgust." Hard to disagree with that. It's disgusting. It is disgusting the way this has been handled. Derek O'Brien chimes in, says, "Whatever they do, you know they'll be allowed. They'll allow him to exit gracefully, and it will officially be a retirement. And it won't be before the season ends." and he'll cite this incident as a crisis that he successfully guided the league through along with COVID and bringing NHL players back to the Olympics. With these problems solved, his work is done. I don't know. I mean, just just to allow him to get through the season seems like a failure. To allow him to retire, and the same thing goes with Don Fair. You need change. And I, I don't care if that's the NHL's biggest partners backing out. I don't know if I talked about this last week, but the NHL players, they stepped up when there was racial inequality that was making waves. Leagues were postponing games. The NHL postponed playoff games in the bubble. They said, hey, we're not playing for a couple of days. We want to make our statement. We want the league to be more involved. We need some change to happen. The NHL players spoke up for that. Why they aren't doing more right now in this situation it baffles me. It bothers me to be frank. And that's where I'll leave it for today. Already, Hey, tomorrow's show. It's going to be a good one. Huge thanks to our lead producer, Bryce Buns for help set everything up on this show. We got Tim Peel coming on. Former NHL RAF. Everyone knows who... PLC is. he's got a new radio show in st louis we're gonna talk to him we're gonna get the bright side of the stories this isn't gonna be an interview about hey uh what happened to you you know what, what do you think about this now nah, we want the light side from the game pills has been around for so long he deserves a lot more respect than he gets and he's gonna join world hockey report tomorrow you don't want to miss it 12 ounce sports same time same place and of course, we're presented by Lord Co. Auto Parts. Shout out to Adam Urban Trout, Pete Tucci, for hopping on the show today. Our social media manager is Eric Krausley, producer Bryce Buns. I'm Cody Jansen. Follow me on Twitter at Janer31 underscore, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Same time, same place, everyone. Be kind, be better.